Well, welcome back to uh, Thinking About It. I'm here with Dr. Stan Fowler. My name is Bob McGregor, and uh, we're delighted to have you tune in today. Our, our subject, Stan, is something that, in like most cases with us, is relevant. We're dealing with this here at Grandview uh, during the COVID shutdown, and that has to do with singing. Recently, we learned that legal counsel says that uh, the advice that we get about not singing is more than that. It's actually uh, for, has the force of law. We're not allowed to sing. This took us by surprise. Did it ever. Um, and so we need to think theologically about that as well as uh, legally about the role of singing. Um, is, is that a deal breaker for us? Uh, how important is singing? I'd like to just read one passage uh, familiar to all of us from Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul says, um, instead of being filled with debauchery and drunkenness, he says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously the Apostle Paul assumed or even commands that uh, as we are gathered together, we, we perform this ministry of speaking to one another in music. So he does, and, and that, that means it's vitally important. It's quite fascinating, really, that when he says be filled with the Spirit, the first thing he refers to is offering praise and, and speaking to one another uh, in singing. I Ephesians and Colossians are, are very much parallel epistles, and I, I find it really fascinating that in, in, in Colossians 3, we have a very similar text. And, and one of the really interesting things about it is that at verse 15, Paul says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So when he's talking about members of one body being called to peace, he's talking about a kind of peace or wholeness or well-being that's, a, that's part of the body, the church as a whole. And, and so when he talks about uh, peace of Christ ruling in your hearts, he immediately moves into let, let the message of Christ, the word about Christ, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. So... Immediately after talking about peace in the body, he moves on to talk about singing and teaching and admonishing one another as we do it. It's fascinating to me because in so many ways, music in the church uh, became the worship wars in, in our uh, ministry and lifetime, unfortunately. But it can be a, a great means of bringing together the body because... Together, uh, we offer praise to the Lord and instruction to one another as we sing. There's something about listening to all these people on the same page, in most cases the same note, uh, except where there's harmony. Um, and there's when I experience that, it's hard to explain how I feel, but I, I feel connected um, 
like I would if I was in a choir and we're making beautiful music together and add to that the theme of our singing it's it's exhilarating at times depending on what the song is and you, we're we're looking at uh, a season without any of that right now and that's really very hard to comprehend um, in fact, I mean, as you know, we've we've had an, in, a, in a flurry of emails exchange yesterday, uh, even the, the thought raised, well, if we can't sing when we're together, would it be better just to remain online and do it at a distance where I can sing in my family room at home as I see the live stream on my TV screen? Uh, but it's not the same. It's not the same when it's just my wife and I in the family no, room it sure is doing our best to sing. It's not the same. It's, it's better than nothing, and I think it's a discipline and an experience we want to encourage families to do. Uh, but it's not the same as when the church is gathered formally uh, to pray and to exhort and to sing. And... You know, there's some who would say, well, then let's not fool ourselves. Let's not gather, uh, because what is a worship service without singing? Well, and it's it's a legitimate question, you know, the, that we have had to address. Um, I, I have been, as I've been thinking about it, though, I, I've thought the the words of, song, of the songs that we sing, are, many of them are, are so significant that we could we could use those words to at least together say them out loud. Now, that's going to feel strange. And as I was talking with my wife about that concept yesterday, she said, so would, you know, would the instruments play along with that? As I thought about it, though, I thought probably not because the tune is designed to go along with singing the words not saying the words. Well, you'd have to say it within the meter of that song. Yeah, I think we would find some difficulty in doing mm-hmm. that. But but it but it's a powerful reminder that 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 music engages the whole of our person. I mean, we we have to use our physical apparatus to do it. Um we choose to sing the words whether printed on paper or on mm-hmm. a screen. But it engages our emotions in a way that merely saying things normally doesn't. You know, and you can, it does engage our emotions. And I think you can relate uh, to a song that you're listening to. You may not be singing it, but you'll just turn it on the radio or put a, um, I was going to say cassette. I don't know what you put in the... <laughs> Even CD players Spot- are passe yeah. now, Bob. Spotify, I think that's what I'm using <laughs> now. But you just put that on, and I might not sing it, but I just play it on a Sunday morning sometimes. I'll, I'll get some of these grand choirs, and I'll put on um, yeah. spiritual yeah. songs, the old things that resonate with me. And I won't sing it, but I'll tell you, just listening to it, it it feels good. It's beautiful. And I think thoughts about God and his holiness. And as I'm preparing to worship him in an hour or so when we gather. Yeah, I remember about a decade ago. I, I well, Heritage College and Seminary, where I've taught for a long, long time. Uh, 
was going through a very difficult time. And future of the school was in question. Uh, the board was desperate to find solutions. It was, it was frankly painful in so many ways. And I still remember um, it was during that time when, when I purchased a, a CD by Keith and Kristen Getty entitled Awaken the Dawn. And that CD, in many ways, helped preserve my sanity and my spirituality over the space of a couple of years because I often played it when I was driving to and from school. And, and it, it just the, the songs on that particular CD resonated with me um, with the depths of my being in a particular way. And it was a powerful statement to me about, about the power of music, truth about God and us and the world set to music. It, it affects us in the mm-hmm. whole of our being. And to not be able to do it when we gather is going to be awkward and, and painful in many ways. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's an art form, right? And it might be the, the highest art form for the church gathered, but it's not the only one. Um, we can think of other creative ways that we can speak to one another. Sure. Uh, the truths, I mean, at, at my church in Toronto, uh, we would quite often have someone do rap. It's not my deal, but it was something that resonated with a lot of people. I don't call that music, but it was an art form um, that was meaningful. We had a girl uh, do spoken verse once from the baptistry that really connected with a lot of people. Um, So I, I think that it's an opportunity for us to explore creative ways to engage our senses in worship um, I, I think even visually that there are some things that some churches do that I've kind of looked sideways at uh, up until now, but I'm wondering, you know, are there visual arts that we can look into to enhance our worship? Well, there are, no doubt. And, I mean, God has given us as human beings many kinds of abilities to um, to express our our praise to him and our communication with one another, even even in uh, Psalm 150, which concludes mm. the Psalter, classic statement exhorting everyone who has breath to praise the Lord, it goes on to talk about every conceivable kind of musical instrument, really. Uh, I mean, general types. And it even includes tambourine and dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I still remember years ago when I was guest preacher at a church and at a lunch afterwards, one of the elders' wives said to me, so what do you think about liturgical dance? <laughs> it was a little awkward. I had to say, well, I've had a little experience with it. I can't say that, I can't say that it would be wrong. Um, I'd have to give that some thought. But there are ways. I, I'm thinking even, even I mean, I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I've, I've thought about the idea of our speaking the words of songs together. Mm-hmm. In our, I mean, you know, our church is in a non-liturgical sort of tradition, so we don't often speak words together. This might be an opportunity uh, to creatively learn that that we can confess our faith together. Uh, we, 
we are a body of believers. We are not just individual disciples of Christ. We're a community, mm-hmm. a family of, of believers. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, who knows how creative we may become in finding ways to express our worship and our teaching of one another. Yeah, and I think we can develop uh, public reading more. <clears throat> I think sometimes when we have reading of Scripture, we get anyone, you, it's your turn, just we'll tell you what to read when you get up there. And mm-hmm. so someone who can read quickly will read it quickly. And on other occasions, someone has prepared long and hard for it, and they read it with feeling, and it just comes across very different. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for us to revisit the public reading of Scripture and to say this is, this is how you read it artistically and with feeling. Uh, we're not singing it, but at least we can read it with, with emotion and empathy. Do you think we might even incorporate a, a little liturgical bit, like concluding a reading with, this is the word of the Lord, and then asking all God's people to say, thanks be to God, or something like that? I keep thinking about doing that. Um, I should really prepare it better, but I get into the pulpit, and I forget exactly what, what those words are, <laughs> and I don't want to fake it. So, I, yeah, but I, I know uh, Don Carson does that a lot whenever I hear him, and he yes. reads Scripture, and and uh, in in his context, everyone seems to get it, and they follow through. But I do think it's it's another one of those things that connects us when we're hearing Scripture, and I hear it being affirmed by a congregation. It gives you the same sense. It does, and, and it, it enables, it, it gives the people of God their lines. It gives us an opportunity. Well, one of the ironies, really, of sort of low church, non-liturgical worship is, is that it, tends, it has become dominated by either the pastor in some contexts or other worship leaders up front, and, and it, it ceases to be the work of mm-hmm. the people, mm-hmm. and and aside from singing, mm-hmm. all 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 we tend to do is listen. Yeah, but there are ways we can all participate. Yeah, and even when we do sing, you get people who don't get it. They don't. I don't know why they don't sing. Maybe they don't like the music or the words. But it's troubling for a song leader to be leading in song and have someone not sing. But what you want is for everyone who is gathered together to be on the same page, doing the same thing. It's, it's something that we need to work on. Well, Stan, that brings us to the end of our 15-minute thinking about it. Um, we can maybe revisit this after this Sunday when we've done some experiment. We can reflect on it, and who knows, we might get some ideas uh, given to us by folks who send in an email, um, info at grandviewchurch.ca. I think we'll get it. Anyway, uh, I'm Bob McGregor, lead pastor from Grandview Church. And I'm Stan Fowler, elder at Grandview Church. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. So long.